Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Hey, welcome back to Caller Auntie Podcast. This is episode 13, and we're so excited um, to be back talking to you all. Last week, we talked about uh, our period moon time stories, and we got a lot of good feedback uh, from that, that we kind of want to branch off and talk more about the what women go through, right, Quay? Yes. So in this episode, we're going to talk about um, pregnancy, but most uh, mostly post-pregnancy. So post, is it postpartum? Um, but once you're adjusting and you have your beautiful baby and all the new things that you have to learn then. And we're also going to talk about birth control. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's something we're all, we all go through. Um, and then we had some, uh, I've, I briefly touched upon um, like my pregnancy, I've had a lot of, um, a lot of people ask questions and one being, um, one of Quay's friends, Erica, who just had her baby Carter, which is so, he's so cute. And, um, we're going to be, I'm going to be answering some of those. And then of course, birth control is always a hot topic. So we're going to be talking about that, but first and foremost, it is Quay's birthday. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's Easter weekend, and I'm like, yeah, oh. Christ has risen. <laughs> no, that's on the back burner. It is Quay's birthday. Yeah, so today's Sunday, April twelfth. Um, I'm thirty one. I was born by now. I'm like an an eleven forty five or something, baby. Yeah, my mom Quay, had talk. Yeah keep talking about your like your your own birth story (laughs) (laughs) so coming into this world (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I was born at 11 45 ish so I'm like a brunch time baby Uh, my mom had a c-section it was her second c-section because um she had one with my older brother Nimkis and like like some women know that when you have your first one, you kind of have to have a second one. Um, or it's more common to have a, a cesarean a second time. And my mom did have diabetes. So I think that was another factor on why I was C-sectioned out. Um, but I was a pretty chunky baby. I think it was around like eight pounds. Um, and I have, I found my old, a photo of me four days old. Um, Oh, I look pretty squished, like a, like a normal <laughs> little squishy baby. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and then um, the funnier story though is my little brother's birth story because I knew we, me and my older brother knew my mom was pregnant, but we didn't understand. And then all of a sudden, we went to the doctor. We she had to go to the hospital. And we're like, okay, hey, whatever. And then my dad came to get us, and then he like brought this little baby out and I was like where did you get him (laughs) like I didn't understand that that's what happened so yeah that's the funnier story of my reaction when I was like can you get a girl 
like, can you bring him back and get a girl? <laughs> That's what I asked my parents. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So being a middle hard. Being a middle sibling like you are, Quay, I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. You hear a lot of like, oh, I don't know, like it must suck to be the like the middle sibling because like the firstborn gets all the or the the baby gets most attention and the firstborn. I don't know. I just hear like bad things about a middle sibling, but they actually sound like the best of both worlds. Like you have <laughs> you have an older sibling that you can like, you know, look up to, and then you have a younger sibling you can just like, you know. Okay, so tell your parents that you did like they did it. They did. <laughs> It was it was the best the best of both worlds, but it was also like, um, like I not that I was forgotten about, but you know when like children overachieve to get attention or recognition, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of that, um, like getting good grades, being on the honor roll, and like playing sports. So I did a lot of that for like aff- affirmation, like love, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> which is not a bad thing because now I'm so grateful for all the hard work that I put in. Um, but it's like hard work to get love <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I do love my brothers um, but I was forgotten about a couple times I was like an adult though because I used to work in town and everybody else worked in garden so then they'd come home from work and I at, they'd be done at like 4 30 and I'd be done at 5 mm-hmm. and then I'd be waiting there till like 6 6 30 some days like just <laughs> waiting to be picked up because I didn't have a car then (laughs) oh yeah so that happened a couple times but other than that being the middle child yeah I I was always surrounded by somebody um and I think that's that's another thing where we get along because you have a you're the youngest but you're always with your family so I think that's why we're so compatible yeah we're just so used to hanging yeah we're so yeah totally well okay my birth my birth story was so I'm the youngest and my siblings are quite a bit older and mm-hmm. um, my, my dad was out of town working. So it was just my mom. And I think my, my uncle was at the house like visiting and he's from Winnipeg and he, um, my mom like started going into labor and she's like, I need to go to the hospital. I'm just going to go. Um, Glenn, can you stay? Can you like wait at home and wait for Anton and Lisa to get home from school? And he, my uncle never ended up having kids or got married. And he felt like I, he's still so proud of this story because I think <laughs> he had like such a role in it that he like stayed home, waited for the kids. Like they, he probably like made them dinner and everything. And I was born, I don't know if it was the next day or I was born around dinner time. my mom said, and my dad ended up making it. And then at least I think, and then my uncle Glenn, he came to the hospital with the kids, like with mm. my brother and sister. And he like held me and he still has that picture like off the, like on his wall of like, so he's like so proud of it. And I'm like glad that he was able to like be there um, when I was born and he has that picture. So although it's like a special story for everyone, I think it was like special, like really special for him to be part of that. It is. So yeah, he calls, he calls me the um, KKK baby because the way I was wrapped up, like I had <laughs> like a big like point in the in the blanket, like on top oh. of my head. But um, yeah, so that's my story. But I, don't, I think I think Quay, we should just get into the questions from Erica. 
about okay. post because they might take a while. And then yeah. we can talk about control. So Let's I'm going to pull out the it. questions. I'm going to ask you the questions. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this is exciting too because um, this is our first set of email questions. Like somebody's emailed in. Um, we do have a Gmail that you can email questions to. I'll tell all our listeners right now. It's callherantipodcast at gmail.com. Um, so if you have any questions or episode ideas, you can email us. And I'll say it. we'll say it again at the end of the episode. But let's get into talking about ha- having a baby. When did you get your period after you had your son? I got my period, I believe, like seven or eight months after. Mm-hmm. Um, just like normal. Um, it just like came up. But it was awesome to have like that break. Okay, so the next one is, <clears throat> did you breastfeed and then when did you stop breastfeeding? I did be- breastfeed and it was um, super hard. I just remember crying and like no one prepared me with how difficult it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was funny because I did go seek help like from the doctor and then I went to a lactation consultant and of course at that meeting like she she was like okay now let me see how like you would feed him so I like do my thing I like unbutton my shirt and then of course there's like she's like up close she's like oh like what is that and on the top of like (laughs) my dress was like a piece of Dorito (laughs) I'm like I'm sorry and then of course Nico just started like eating fine like no issues and I was like okay great and then I stopped breastfeeding at a year and I thought I was really gonna miss it um actually we went on our honeymoon to Costa Rica so I stopped breastfeeding like the day before we went um and Ben's mom was just super easy going about it she's like oh he'll be fine and he ended up being fine and yeah so I stopped at a year and I was so glad I thought I was going to miss it, but then I was so glad to be like done because it, it's almost, it's all, it's a lot of work to breastfeed, but of course it's super beneficial to your baby. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you had, you had a more difficult time breastfeeding than like an average woman? Um, I think everyone goes through like the pain and the struggles of breastfeeding at the beginning and I think it's just like being prepared and knowing that that's going to happen and that's okay. And if you can push through it, that's great. But if you can't, then that's okay too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. When did you introduce food to Nico? Um, we introduced food probably at like five or six months. I kind of forget. But of course, it started with... Um, like the baby pablum and um we I didn't make my own purees too often I don't know why and <laughs> uh uh the BLW I believe that's baby led weaning or I don't know <laughs> yeah should we google that should I look that, look that up right now B-L-W. I know I was kind of just very easy going about Nico I remember, like, I had a lot of trust in myself, I think, like, I would let him try things and, um, and whatnot. And 
I mean, I think that's kind of how you have to be. You can't be too um, nervous about about feeding your baby. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe that we all have like motherly instincts that if you don't think it's right, then don't do it. But I mean, like they are little humans. And I think at a certain age when they they start having interest, then you yeah. should definitely just let them even have like a, a taste or like a lick of it or something. <laughs> Okay, so for our listeners who don't know what BLW is, it is baby led weaning. And their tips are wait until your baby is ready. Baby should be at least six months and able to sit up unassisted before, before starting baby led weaning. Um, they tell you be patient, always watch your baby while they're eating, start with soft foods. And then lastly, the, the thing is prepare for a mess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. So um. <laughs> I have this one video that I don't mind sharing to our page two of Nico where I was just yeah. laughing so hard where I had it made soup for him and he's eating soup with a spoon, but he kept like missing his mouth and oh. I could see it like fall and he's laughing and I'm laughing and I think he's like making me laugh. It was super funny. But okay, what's the next question? Okay, the next one I I am really excited to know too. Um, did you sleep train? Uh, I feel like later we did. So I, I had him like sleeping in bed with us just because I was this nervous mom and I just felt like closer and more like protecting of him when he was next to me. Um, and then he, it was kind of a bad thing because then later on he wouldn't transition to his own bed and, um, it that was like really really difficult um but I mean looking back now that he's three years old that's kind of seemed like nothing like oh who cares if he sleeps in her bed but at the time we were like totally wanting the break from it but now yeah. that he is sleeping in his bed I was like eh, whatever but um no I didn't really I wasn't like big on sleep training not like some people that hire like nurses to come into their homes and like train them and give them tips and whatnot mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, not really. Okay, also, for our listeners, so baby sleep training, like, it sounds, it's basically what it sounds like, and they have, it's like you introduce a bedtime routine, and you pick a consistent bedtime um, with predictable, like, daytime schedules that lead up to bedtime. So, I've heard a lot of people talk about um, <clears throat> sleep hygiene, and that's basically the same thing where, like, you shut you shut the TV off or you do you brush your teeth and brush your hair before bed and then you read a book or something like that so you have like after dinner right away you're gonna take a bath and stuff like that so it's like an always a routine for them oh Um, yeah no we we definitely did that we definitely tried to implement a routine and then like during the day we would like make sure like to make things like louder or brighter in the house that they recognize like what's day and night Mm -hmm. um and that kind of goes into like the next question of like, what's my favorite baby stage? Um, because I remember it's super difficult having a newborn. I just remember like being up all night and then sleeping during the day and then up during the day. And then I remember it would be dinner time and then the evening would come and I'd get really emotional and like start crying because I'm like, Ben, like this is your like, you're like going to be going to bed soon and I'm just going to be up all night you know like with the baby and like this is your evening but this is kind of like my morning right now 
so that made me really hard. Um, so probably my favorite baby stage between birth and one year was probably around like six, six months to a year. I remember my mom telling me that the first four months are the most difficult. And it's so true. Like I, it was just, of course, that you love like the tiny, tiny baby, but it's, of course, a lot of work. And you're, you're learning that baby too. Um, even if like, we had a second or third, it's going to be totally different. Like, I'm going to be prepared as much as I can, but that baby is going to be in a new baby, and it's going to be yeah. its own. And it's just going to be different. So the first four months are the hardest. So my favorite was from six months to a year. My Oh, like, I like that age, too, because, like, they can kind of recognize things, and they can, like, they're yeah. grabbing for things. I so know, they're not, they're, cute. They're, like, realizing and learning, and you're watching it, and I think that's so cute. My yeah. One of my other friends, Kayla, she's from Thunder Bay, and you know her. Uh, well, your mom knows her. <laughs> but she has um little twins that are, like, I think they're, oh, my God, I should know how old they are. But she, when I went to visit her when we were in Thunder Bay, she's like, ask me how long I slept. And I'm like, what? Like, how was your sleep schedule? She's like, in the past four months, I've slept max two hours. <laughs> oh, my God. I could believe it. With her twins. That's crazy. Okay, next question. <clears throat> Did you have a big first birthday party? Koi was actually at the party. Um, well, I feel like any party we have with like my husband's family is pretty big. Um, cause Ben's, Ben's one of eight siblings and then his mom's one of 11. So all of them, um, come around and it's really great. So his, yeah, he did have a big first birthday and it's so hard because his birthday is the end of November, November 20th. So we have to have it indoors because by that time it's cold where I wish we could just like rent out a park and like play soccer and play sports, but we're kind of stuck inside. So there's only so much we can do. And now, now that he's getting older, I have to start getting creative with where I want to have his birthday parties because he definitely wants to be having fun where the first birthday party, it's kind of more for like the parents that they've made it through the first year, cheers, have a drink. (laughs) And yeah. So we did have a big um, birthday party um, with just family. That Quay was I remember. Too. Yeah, I remember it was it was so big because he does have a, lot, a big family. But I remember everyone was getting you guys like LCBO or like a bottle of wine. And I was like, oh, that's true. Like the baby literally doesn't need anything really right now. It's like, yeah, for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay, so our next question. Did you go on birth control right away? I didn't go on birth control right away because we were planning to have our second, um, Uh which wasn't the case. Um, And I think that could be like another, um, another episode where for anyone who's listening, um, Ben and I both had to go to uh, a fertility clinic just to see what, what happened um, or if anything was happening in our bodies that were preventing us to have baby number two but it's a long story and if anyone has questions about that I'm totally open um I took that experience as such like a learning experience so I'm happy to share any fears or um Mm -hmm. anything that may be preventing you to go or it's always good to be preventative about your health so that's health so that's yeah 
proactive. Yeah, about your health. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so um, I didn't go on birth control and I'm still not on birth control. Um, but we're going to be talking about birth control after these questions are done about me and um, the types that Quay and I have been on. So we can talk about that after. Yep. Okay. So tell us about your labor. Did you have a good labor? Did your water break? Describe your contractions. And then tell us. Yeah, tell us all the the details. (laughs) So this is pretty much, we talked about me and Quay's birth stories. Now this is Nico's birth story. So (laughs) I had gestational diabetes. And so when you have, when you get, um, you have to go on insulin because you can't control um, your sugar levels, that's when you become a high-risk pregnancy. So since I, I went on insulin, I was high-risk, and then I had to deliver a week early to prevent the baby from getting too big because that is um, one of the uh, side, side effects of um, gestational is that your baby can grow too big. So it was... I had my C-section scheduled for a Monday and it was Friday evening and I started bleeding and I was like, I wasn't really feeling Nico move too much inside of my belly. So I was like, let's go to the hospital and get checked out. And we did. And they asked if I was in a car accident because I was Mm -hmm. bleeding a lot. And um, I said, no. And they're like, okay, well, since you're going to have since you're being induced on Monday, we'll just induce you tomorrow, which is Saturday. So stay at the hospital. So we stayed there all night. And then they're like, well, you might have to have a C-section because of how this is all going. So I didn't eat anything um, since Friday dinner time. And then it was Saturday and they started to induce me and it wasn't working. Um, I had to like, it, it probably took like six hours for it to go from like zero to a hundred. <laughs> Uh, as in like the labor to start even and that's 100 um and they they had to break my water um twice because the first time didn't work and I'll tell you like that's super painful and once the contraction started which feel like really really bad period cramps that is um when I said I needed the epidural because I went almost 24 hours without any food and no sleep and I was like, I can't, I can't think of going through a full labor if this is the start of it on an empty stomach. And they wouldn't even let me eat anything or drink anything, not even water. So since when I went on the epidural, I was able to sleep through my whole labor until they woke me up at midnight. And they're like, you're going to have to get a C-section. And I was like, great, like get this baby out because I want it. <laughs> great. I want to eat and then they checked me and they're like actually you're like ready to push so push and then I only pushed a couple times and Nico was out and luckily but I have nothing to compare it to so I I think that was like a pretty intense labor because I was bleeding the entire time like the amount of blood I lost Ben said was like insane so I don't oh think gosh. it was very like safe labor but I mean, I had Nico safely at the end and I don't really think about it, but um, yeah, other than that, like the epidural saved me and that, that was great. <laughs> okay. You described con- your contractions on our last episode when we talked about like our periods. Um, just tell us again. 
<laughs> How were your contractions? <laughs> just because you're really wanting to know. Quay, I'll tell you. They hurt <laughs> they hurt really, really bad. Oh my god. They're like you okay, feel like you're you have bad, bad period cramps. And okay, then, where do like, you get your cramps though? Okay, so well, like the period cramps that I get now feel like labor cramps because that's like it, it it's like your uterus. It's all the same muscles and whatnot, but it's just like way more painful. Okay, so that's... I get my cramps. If you imagine the back yeah. your hips and like oh. the like the back on my back, I get cramps there. Like on my look like where my if where my hips were to meet my spine, that's where like I feel my cramps. Is that really? where you yours? Yeah. No. But you know what? This may be a question for when we have our midwife on. Yeah, and Quay mentioned earlier that if you have any questions, I mean you could even DM us, but you can definitely send us questions by email at callherauntie at gmail.com. Call her podcast. Um <clears throat> Wait, what did I say? Uh, you should call her auntie at gmail.com, but we have the podcast in there. So it's call her auntie podcast at gmail.com. Okay, wait, Send us the your app questions. is being weird. Did it freeze or did it make jumbling noises? <clears throat> Can you hear me? Are you answering me? Talked about contractions. So you're saying that, say it again, what you were telling me about where your uterus is? So um, I think that, like, there's a, like, posterior and anterior of something that means front and back. Because uh, mm-hmm. I know that, like, or is it your placenta? I don't know. But I'm thinking that maybe your uterus is almost like more positioned towards the back and mm-hmm. that you would feel pain in your back. But um, and where I feel like my pain in the front. Um, but oh. that's like that's something that we're going to have a midwife on our episode and can ask us um, or answer those questions for us, because as much as we would like to give advice we always we we're not professionals um (laughs) in this um so we're just giving our stories um but Mm -hmm. it's definitely best to ask um specialists and doctors and whatnot for oh okay so i just did a a quick google (laughs) like because this is the webmd podcast but the exact an anatomical location of the uterus varies with the degree of distension of the bladder. In normal adult uterus, it can be described as anterverted with respect to the vagina and antiflexed with respect to the cervix. Um, so hmm. it just depends on your bladder, I guess. Huh. So maybe I have a tiny bladder? Maybe. And I do go to the bathroom a lot. You so do? Yeah, I was going to say that. You do go to the bathroom a lot. And then I remember getting in trouble when I was younger because my parents would be like, oh, you always had to go to the bathroom. Like, whenever we went to a restaurant, you, like, were so nosy, you wanted to go all the time. 
And now I'm like, wait, if I have a small bladder, I actually needed to pee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You made me think I was nosy, but I actually had to go. (laughs) I would say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I am a little nosy, though. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Um, Oh, you kind of talked about this. Will you have another baby? And if so, what age difference? What age difference do you think you want or did you originally want? So, yes, I would want another baby. And if it were up to me, I would love to have them as close together. I mean, but then I also don't have babies that are close together. And I hear that it's very difficult to balance um, both being so young. But Mm -hmm. I would definitely want like growing up Nico to have a sibling that is close in age with him just to grow up with. Um, So in an ideal world, I would have ideal world I would have really liked them to be like two years apart um and then now I'm not sure it might even be like five years apart by now or like four and a half so we don't really know but um I think everything happens for a reason and I think there's always a plan for us I always think this I'm like maybe maybe (laughs) like the creator is not wanting us to have another baby because Nico is going to be such a successful NHL player that all our money <laughs> has to go to him. <laughs> all of our money and time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm resources. like, they must know we won't have any more time for another one or money. <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely want um, at least one more. I feel mm. like if we didn't have any barriers, we would have been on like baby number four, if that was possible. <laughs> and then been like, what the, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do to myself? <laughs> I feel that's like so that's people do. They're like, pop, 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 babies out. And then they're like, oh crap. We're like, uh, we've had these years to think about it. And we're like, wait, we've definitely adjusted how many kids we want because we're like, have all this time to think about it. Yeah. But definitely one more just because Nico needs a sibling. Oh, yeah. I think, like, I think I was thinking about kids and, like, having them more spaced out. Like, my friend Nora, she has, I think, oh, my God, I can't remember how old Riley is. But Riley is older by, like, three or four or five. Okay, I really need to figure out how old Riley is. <laughs> <laughs> but her youngest daughter, Adele, is six. And there's, like, um, an age gap of, like, maturity. And I was like, oh, that wouldn't be that bad. And then, like, now if she had a baby in, like, Adele 6 and there's that age gap, like, you have someone definitely in this stage, someone definitely in that stage, and someone definitely there. And, like, you can can you can communicate a baby and the needs of a baby to those different stages, and it wouldn't be that bad, I think. Because, like, you could tell a 6-year-old what babies need, and then you can tell a 12-year-old the same thing. And, like... yeah they could like help or they like get to know and see that taking care of something mm-hmm. um so I think that wouldn't be that bad but then I don't think about that I like I think I would like that but I can't do that now because um I'm 31 and I want at least at least two I would mm-hmm. be like I'd be grateful for three but like kids are expensive I want to make sure I have enough time and love to give and like um stuff like that so I'm like oh realistically realistically too I'm like how many could I pop out before before 38 (laughs) (laughs) and like I think there's pros and cons to like whatever age gap 
But now that like mm-hmm. Nico's gonna be four and um this year and he's gonna he's starting school in September and I just started working this past year that I'm like I I can't see my it's gonna be hard to go back to like a baby stage where I've already given away a lot of stuff of Nico's and like I started working so then I would have to like give up work again and make the decision if I'd want to be a stay-at-home mom again like I was with Nico or like go back after like a one-year mat leave so it's just like it's it's making like ma- made my decision about all this a bit harder mm-hmm. um so that's like my only thing but I mean I think family is important so I think definitely one more if we're blessed with that and um yeah and that's it I thought that that was so such a good decision and like worthwhile decision I remember when you decided to stay at home longer with Nico and like not come back because I'm like honestly right now in this world like when would you ever also have the chance to not have to work and like your goal was never not to not work it was like to just be at home and love Nico the most until you wanted to go back or like you felt it was right and I thought that was like a really good decision and like foundation to lay and then also like when you have two I think you financially you might have to go back sooner than exactly I mean like our financial situations just totally changed since Nico's been born that I think like who knows like I might have to go back if we do do decide to have another one but I think I think a tip in like parenting is just kind of taking it a day at a time and Mm -hmm. not getting too worked up about like oh like what if like this like there's so many there's so many questions that can be answered but I mean you don't have to answer them until until like the time comes yeah I was even talking to my friend Erica based on that based on you being able to be at home and she's like nervous because of like um obviously the coronavirus because she's at home and then her husband Andy is still working um but she's like nervous because if it gets into the plant and the Sioux then like everyone in the Sioux is gonna bring it home but I was also telling her like because she's she's stressed about wanting him to be at work and then having to like be laid off but I was like honestly in this time like if you guys can just make it last each month like when else would Andy be able to be at home every day with you guys and like wake up and like your husband's not having to rush off to work? Like this would be such kind of like a blessing in disguise if he if he did have to stay home because yeah. like you get your family every day and you don't have to rush around. So she was seeing it that way too, and she's kind of leading towards it. But obviously, like he's gonna keep going until until for as long as they can at work. Yeah, but it was because of you that I'm like oh my god like it would be such it'd be so good if they could just like be together every day okay yeah so is there anything because of Nico is there anything that you would do differently with a second baby hmm that's a big question I feel like um I feel like there's not much I would do differently I feel like I've learned a lot that I would be better prepared um (laughs) with having a second baby um like I would do all this like food prep 
<laughs> okay wait we literally like I was like by your side just because of work during your pregnancy but we literally did not know what you were getting into like remember <laughs> <laughs> like remember at your your baby shower I was like everyone was going around giving advice and like all of our friends who were there they were like we were like uh I don't really know but like I heard breastfeeding makes you burn more calories so that's my tip yeah. <laughs> we were all like I don't really know but I heard this <laughs> and I had no idea either like I had no idea like my baby shower was a week before Nico was born I probably would have had it like two months before he was born be just so I can like well with sec if I had a second baby you know just to like set up a room set up like everything wash the clothes like I don't even think I washed clothes before I like brought like I didn't even have a baby bag packed like I just remember (laughs) <laughs> I think we brought to the hospital like we went to like um we got like bulk like snacks and I had like chocolate covered almonds and I had those in the bag in the baby bag and of course I couldn't eat it because they're like well you might have a c-section so you can't eat yeah. anything and that was like the first thing I ate after I had Nico because it was like the only thing I had um but yeah I I think just being more prepared and knowing what I was getting myself into also your baby doesn't need a whole lot um and I I like spoiled Nico in the beginning just because I was like oh he doesn't have this he needs it he needs it and I was like getting all this stuff but your baby doesn't need a lot that's like something I'd learned that's probably why <laughs> like firstborns are always so spoiled and the secondborns are always getting like the hand-me-downs yeah. and you know what my mom did for a long time when we were growing up she would literally buy my brother, my older brother, okay, if he needed a new sweater, I'm going to get it in blue. You know what? Quinn might need a new sweater. I'm going to get it in red, but a medium. <laughs> like, I mean, she'd come home and we'd have, like, I'd have these, like, unisex clothing for a long time. <laughs> but I think she felt bad after because then we would always go shopping together. And she's like, okay, I need to get this girl into actual girl clothing. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. And I don't know if I sent you this, but there's a photo of me in kindergarten and I'm literally wearing like basketball shorts and a baggy t shirt and I'm like just smiling, like <laughs> smiling at the camera, like so happy. But thinking about that too, like it's true. I don't remember what kind of clothing or what kind of things I had. I just remember being happy. So Yeah. <clears throat> all they need is love. And that exact no, it's so true. Like I don't get I, like, buy Nico's clothes off of, I've been lucky the past pretty much, like, two years. This one mom on Facebook who sells stuff on Marketplace, mm-hmm. um, her, I guess her son's, like, a year older than mine, than Nico, and was just, like, oh, I have, like, this big box of clothes I'll send, I'll, like, um, sell for 10 bucks, and I'm, like, what? And it's literally, it literally was so much clothes that I had to get rid of some because I'm like, none of it fits in Nico's dresser. So that's like, I'm like, the kids get, they get messy. They stain clothes. I'm like, there's no, I'm never going to buy a $20 shirt for Nico, like probably Mm -hmm. ever. So they're just going to get it dirty and they grow so fast. So, I mean, I love like thrifting and going to like secondhand shops it's like something I miss so much about being in quarantine (laughs) I was telling telling my um okay I was telling my partner this that I was like oh when we have kids or if I ever have kids I'm like not buying anything like a lot after their first couple outfits I'm like second I'm like thrifting everything because they're going to be in it for what a week 
because after like seeing how fast Carter and Jesus grow, like I bought, I bought Jesus a six month or a nine six to nine month Nike onesie for when he was three months, and like he didn't even wear it that long. He just like sprouted and grew. So, yeah, they grow so fast. So yeah, I agree with the thrifting and like not. They're just they don't need it for that long. And no, I, it's only no. gets exciting when they go to school, I think, and they're like, get that for that year. They'll have new shoes or they'll have a new jacket. Like those things are cute. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, I think okay. What and then we have one more question. Yeah, one more question. Did you? Oh, I think you answered it. But did you ever bed share? Yeah, I did answer it a bit earlier. We did, and um, kind of what kept me sane. I like don't regret it. I know some people are like, oh, don't bed share. You can roll on them. But um, I think I'd be more worried about other people, even including the dad rolling on them. Um, just because I think we kind of have that instinct. And it was just kind of keeping me sane. Like since I was up with this baby all night, I might as well just have him literally like latched on to mm-hmm. me. So like it was just easier for me. And I wanted to like hear him breathe. I was so nervous <laughs> to make, be a new mom. So yeah, we did bed share at the beginning. Um, and then I think we're at the end of our questions mm-hmm. and you know what, Quay, I'm thinking we should hold off the period yeah. talk or the birth control talk until next mm-hmm. episode. But, um, because these are huge topics that I think they should just have their own episode for, sure, for. their own space. Um, okay. So that ends our episode and Grace, you're going to tell them where they can send us questions right yeah so um I'm really proud of my one friend she just became a midwife and she's open to being a guest on our show to ask any questions and she can answer them to the best of her ability about anything pregnancy or um birth control which we're going to talk about on our next episode um and you can send your questions through Instagram on DM Facebook or to our gmail at call her auntie at Po- call her anti podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Getting it yeah. so wrong. Um, yeah. They can be follow up like um, post pregnancy questions too. Um, but we're going to focus next episode on birth control and talking about that with her. Yeah. Also, Grace is something exciting to announce. Yeah. So um, a few episodes back, uh, Quay convinced me to get my blog up and going again. And my blog is going to be um, just kind of like the the real life of like parenthood and um, pregnancy that I went through and kind of just what I'm learning along the way. And she's really convinced me because I was kind of over it. And then she convinced me that it was really good because she wants to learn from it as well. So uh, we have our we're going to be launching a Color Anti podcast website and mm-hmm. my blog thanks we're so excited um and my blog is going to be on there that I'm going to be re- releasing weekly so that you guys could take a listen if you want to talk more keep this conversation going more about like pregnancy and parenthood um because our our podcast is kind of like a, an array of all all topics of our topics yeah, yeah so um thanks so much to li- for listening uh we're going to be releasing this episode um today and uh, happy easter we hope that you celebrated for even if you're not catholic or 
wait, I don't know if that's the same religion that celebrates Easter. If you don't believe in Christ, we just hope that you celebrated the, the Easter bunny for fun because we need a we need to be celebrating things right now and just be happy. Exactly. So <laughs> thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast aunties love you.